I also one more thing I want to bring up with them before we move on. Um, something that probably a lot before of people we overlook. move on. Jesus Christ, do I not count? <laughs> no. Before we move on to the next team, uh, Sean, don't you don't, don't, you don't get that. to give your opinion. Da, 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 da. Now we go to you, Sean. Jeez, oh, I know you're missing a tooth, but you know I didn't think you were missing your common sense. <laughs> Speaking of getting the party started, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's time for another episode of the Gridiron Podcast, your favorite football and Formula One podcast that your friends have heard about but haven't taken the time to tell you about just yet. But you've stumbled upon us. That's that's all, all that really matters. I'm Nick Shook. That's Katie Caldwell and Sean Barry down there in the bottom if you're watching on Twitch or YouTube. If you're listening on Spotify, well, do as you please, but come on over to these channels. How are we doing, folks? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Heck of an intro, Nick. Heck of an intro. Um, By the way, if you are listening to us on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts, drop us a five-star review, please, and thank you. I'm cruising off coffee, Sean. It's a long day on oh, three hours of sleep, and I'm cruising, baby. Let's I go. I had about 300 milligrams of caffeine all before 11 a.m. today, so I'm still surviving off that. Oh, look at you. Long journey. Oh, yeah. Katie, what's the word? I am great. I'm so excited for today's episode. We've got a really, really special guest with us today. Shall we introduce him? Uh, let's open up the curtain and welcome to the show, NFL Network Zone, and one of my favorite colleagues omar ruiz omar welcome hey hey! i want one of those intros that you did with the pre-production of the show open do you guys do that every week nick yeah every week that is that's a, a pretty that's a pretty intro. awesome open there uh, you can thank sean for that he's the one who put that together i sean. have minimal editing skills yes but i use them to my advantage fantastic man that <laughs> and was the awesome. f1 footage the f1 footage from that video is from our actual trip to an f1 race that sean happened to save the videos from very prescient of him to do that. Amazing. What what F1 race? It was Miami. Uh, yeah, the first Miami GP. Oh, yeah. get out of here. So before we get into football, which is, you know, the objective with having you here, Omar, how familiar are you with Formula One? Not at all. I know there's a huge Netflix show about it. I know there's uh, names like Schumacher and Fittipaldi. Uh, is Fittipaldi a F1 guy? Uh, former one. Okay. Yeah, so I know those names, but other than that, I know it's coming to Vegas, and they're getting ready for that there, kind of the, the pre-run to the Super Bowl that they'll have later uh, this season. So, you know, but I want to get into it. It's one of those things that it's just on the in, on the radar, but as you guys saw before the show, these, uh, these kids keep me busy, man. <laughs> the best way to get into it is that Netflix show you referenced. Yeah, That's what's caused the huge uproar of it in North America. So. If you're looking awesome. for the gateway into okay. it, it's, it's Netflix. It's bingeable too. If you have a if you have yes. a weekend, you'll you'll get through all four seasons, no problem. Oh, amazing! All right, maybe during nap time. That's probably your best time. Yeah, that's it. Well, that, I yeah. need the nap too in that case. <laughs> <laughs> then you can join us again as an F one. There guest. you go. Yeah, Omar <laughs> becomes yeah. an F one expert. That would be a blast. Um, let's just get this out of the way real quick again, folks. I'm still toothless. Don't be alarmed. I'm getting this fixed. Yeah. I was but wondering now, if the graphic had just not updated or if you nope, were still missing I remain a, tooth. a missing tooth freak. <laughs> yes. There I am. So when you see me smile, that's why. All right. Um, oh, we're going to get right into this because we've done the training camp preview series and now we're past actual training camp and almost done with preseason. So 
it, you know, schedulers would say, hey, you know, that's perfect timing. The regular season's almost here. For us, we're, I guess, a little bit late. But Sean, would you like to explain to Omar how this works here on the Gridiron Podcast? All right. So we're going to open up something I like to call the Pipes Sportsbook. Completely made up name. We do not bet. We do not gamble. Of course, I know you guys aren't allowed to. So we don't actually do any of this. It's just a made up name with made up numbers that just kind of pop into my head after I read the team's schedule. Um, seriously, I do absolutely. I can't stress this enough. Zero research into <laughs> how many games I think these teams are actually going to win. But we're going to break down the AFC West because uh, well, that's the last one we got to do, right, guys? And that's it. Yes. Yeah, yes, it is. the last one. Awesome. So we'll break down awesome. the AFC West today. Uh, so basically what I'm going to do is I'm going to just read out every team's schedule. And then afterwards, I'm going to set a line and we're going to go over. We're going to go under and we're going to compare at the end of the season. Uh, I forgot to write down, you know, what we actually said, but I'll go back at some point and write it all down. So uh, what do you say we start with the Chiefs? All right. Let's why not? Absolutely. Let's do it. Let's do it. Open up the pipe sports books. Taking all bets right now. Just kidding. We're not taking bets. Uh, starting off week one. Uh, this is the season opener, the marquee game. And yeah, don't rub your eyes. Don't change that channel because the Lions are in the season opener. 820 Sunday night football, Thursday night football, really, on September 7th uh, at Arrowhead. All right, so that's week one. Week two, uh, Chiefs are on the road to Jacksonville, then back at home against the Bears. Then I, a two-week road swing to the Jets and Vikings, then back home for two against Denver and Chargers, then Denver again on the road in week eight, week nine. This is going to be an international game against the Dolphins. And then, of course, following you know the international game, the NFL usually gives them a bye week. So that leads up to week 10. Week 11, primetime Monday night football at home at Arrowhead against the Eagles, a rematch of last year's Super Bowl. Then on the road against the uh, Raiders, on the road against the Packers in week 13. Week 14 at home against Buffalo. That's a 425 game. I mean, what are the odds that gets flexed to a later time? Probably pretty good. Uh, but they and they are on Monday Night Football next week for week 15 uh, at Foxborough. And then week 16 at home against the Raiders, at home against Cincinnati week 17. And then on the road against the Chargers week 18. That is a beast of a final about a month and a half. That being said, the Chiefs are the defending Super Bowl champions. On paper, it doesn't look like they got any worse, and they still have number 15 back there under center. So they won 14 games last year. I'll set the line at 13 and a half over under. Omar, take it away. I'll go under just because it's just hard to win 14 yeah, games, especially back to back. But I'll say this in picking under is I don't know if I've felt more confident about the team going back to back than I have about this particular Chiefs teams since I've been covering the NFL. Because you mentioned on paper, they don't look any worse. And I would, in fact, argue that they are going to be a whole lot better in that I keep going back to the fact that they had six rookies playing on defense, significant snaps last year. And that young batch of defenders are only going to grow exponentially in their second year and yes, Frank Clark is maybe the, the big absence. Juju Smith-Schuster, I think they've proven when Tyreek Hill left that they could replace the receivers. Pacheco is going to be a year better. That young offensive line, which proved to be pretty good last year, is going to be a lot better. Mahomes, of course, um, still going to be MVP like that. So I am extremely confident. And 
I went to their game on Saturday against the Cardinals preseason and Patrick Mahomes talked about urgency and Andy Reid wanted to see something from his starters and, and, you know, play a lot better than they did against the saints the week before. And and I think that is going to be their big challenge uh, this year is, you know, how often, you know, do they not get caught slipping in the regular season? Because I think, you know, they're a team who Patrick Mahomes is talking about that Tom Brady, Joe Montana stratosphere. Now they're all about winning Super Bowls there and setting this dynasty. So, you know, do they get up for an October game against a two and six Raiders team or, or something along those lines? You know, can can they do that and not get caught with that L? So I think I think that's hard to sustain that that mental edge for five months. I think once they get into January and February, I think they're good to go. But I just think it's hard to do that. Not to mention, you know, there's going to be times you just don't play your best and Josh Allen's going to go crazy. And, you know, they, you know, somebody like the Bills or, you know, whomever may knock them off. So for that reason, I think, you know, 13-4 is a reasonable expectation and thus less than the 13 and a half Sean set there. Yeah, that's a high line, Sean. I'm not going to criticize you for that because it's valid. They did win 14 games last year, but it is a high bar to set, no doubt. I think it is an interesting illustration of how a team can change from year to year and yet remain so good. Because let's look back two years ago when the Chiefs were struggling to the point where folks, including myself, wondered, is this it? Have they lost too much? Have they lost their way? What did they do two years ago? Came roaring back strong (laughs) all the way through the end of the season, nearly made it to the Super Bowl that year. A year later, they make the Super Bowl with a 14-win regular season. They prove that they are the Chiefs that they've been for the last four years. You got to give a lot of credit to Brett Veach for turning over this roster within the constraints of the salary cap, especially with handing so much money to Patrick Mahomes and remaining so competitive, so good. I mean, you talk about Frank Clark's departure. George Karloftis, as you mentioned, Omar, one of those young players last year who was getting significant snaps, they're going to count on him more. And frankly, unlike other situations in which you slide a rookie in, I think about Dax Hill in Cincinnati. He's going to be playing a starting safety role this year. Dude, what do you really have in him? You're not sure. Karloftis, in the mean, uh, you know, meanwhile, I think I'm very confident in that he's going to be able to produce consistently. And it's because he got those snaps as a rookie in the NFL. And that really speaks to the Chiefs' ability to remain an elite team because of the way they draft, the way they manage their cap, and the way they develop their talent. But the big question I have on my mind with such a high line, because I'm also going to go under here like Omar, is talks of dynasty make me worried. Because when you talk about being a dynasty, it, it gives off a sense of tooting your own horn a little bit, reading your press clippings, you know, basking in the glow of what you've done in previous years without realizing that there is a new task at hand ahead. Now, it's good motivation, of course, but I wonder if there will be moments of weakness, like you said, against a two and six Raiders team or something like that, where they do slip up. And I think it's really hard to win 14 games to sustain that type of success throughout a season. We even saw with the Eagles last year who were on a tear and then ran into their own struggles late in the season because of injuries at quarterback and you know the division being tough through the end of the season. So we're going under here, but I also think, like Omar said, I'm super confident in them. Like I, I was asked by somebody today, you know, who's going to win the AFC? And I said, well, the first team you have to think of is the Chiefs because they aren't going anywhere, and they're going to be the team to beat. you got to knock them off the throne now. I still feel very confident in them, but 14 wins is a high bar, so we'll go under. I am going over, but just barely. I have 14 and three for them. Honestly, I don't even have too much to say about this team other than you guys already have. As long as they have Patrick Mahomes, a healthy Travis Kelsey, and Andy Reid, this is a well-oiled machine. Obviously, injuries can happen and throw everything off the rails, but a lot would have to go wrong for this team to not make another deep run. 
They've been to the AFC Championship game five straight years. To me, it feels like that's their floor again. You mentioned, yes, they lost Frank Clark. I would love a bit more at receiver, but it almost feels like it doesn't matter when you have Patrick Mahomes playing the way he is. Yeah, and Andy Reid scheming guys open. But I think, Katie, you hit it on the head. I think it's about health this year for the Chiefs. If If they're healthy... I don't see anybody slowing them down. Now, of course, there's going to be teams, maybe like the Jets come together with Aaron Rodgers and all that, that, you know, perhaps can add, you know, uh, a box in the talent department that can match the Chiefs. But right now, I think it's all about injuries. If they stay healthy, they'll be tough to beat. I also, one more thing I want to bring up with them before we move on. Um, Something that probably a lot of people Before we move on, Jesus Christ, do I not count? (laughs) No. Before we move on to the next team, uh, Sean, you don't don't get to give your opinion. (laughs) I'm sorry, Sean. I I just want to bring up the whole loss of Eric Biennemi because the only reason I bring this up is because look at the Bills and how they lost Brian Dable to the Giants last year and how they did have some issues with Ken Dorsey. Not a ton, not glaring issues, but they did have a little bit of struggles. And maybe those struggles spill over into 2023 for them. So... Uh, Sean, I feel embarrassment as my face is flushing. Uh, I, I'm I sorry. But, yeah, honestly. <laughs> I uh, so I, I just, I wonder, you know, is that going to matter? Andy Reid's there. You know, he's been in charge of the offense for a long time, but I'm just curious. I'm very curious to see what happens. Now we go to you, Sean. Jeez, oh, I know you're missing a tooth, but, you know, I didn't think you were missing your common sense. <laughs> anyway, uh, this is a really tough schedule. I mean, they play Detroit week one, who's no slouch. Jacksonville week two. They've got a week four trip to see the Jets. Minnesota's going to be plucky. What is Denver going to be this year? They still got two against the Chargers as well. They've got Miami in there. They've got Philly in there. What is Green Bay going to be? Buffalo, Cincinnati, and then L.A. at the end of the season. This is a really, really tough schedule. But it kind of goes back to what you already said, Omar. This team feels, as Thanos said, inevitable. (laughs) It doesn't matter what they do. They're going to win. It doesn't matter what you do. They're going to win. The Chiefs are inevitable. So I'm going to go over as well. I think they go uh, another 14-win season. Hey, but I like that you know you mentioned the Detroit, the opener. You know that team is coming to play physically, and they're going to yep. try to bully the Chiefs around. And everybody talks about the Chiefs with the dynamic offense. And I think when that term gets thrown around, I think there's a tendency to think, okay, that team is not necessarily physically tough. Because, you know, they play that high-octane sort of offense. So I do want to see how the Chiefs match up physically, that intensity, you know, when a team is coming specifically to punch you in the mouth, you know, how they respond. And obviously, they've won two Super Bowls, you know, last four years. So, you know, they're tough and all that. But this year's version, it's always different, you know, the, the new group to get together, how they will respond in that environment. Absolutely. All right, Sean. Now we are officially moving on. Who is the next Thank team? You. Thank you. Uh, let's head down to uh, L.A. Why not? The Chargers, they finished second in the division last year with 10 wins, seven losses, um, made it to the playoffs. Katie, what happened to the Chargers in the playoffs? Oh, oh why would you do this to Katie? That's so I don't, We don't have to talk about it. Oh, no. I haven't been ready to rewatch just, okay. it. I thought about it even for the division previews, and I have not been emotionally ready for that, that yet. That's okay. We all, we all, we all, we all feel for you there. Uh, week one against Miami. Week two and three on the road, taking on the Titans and Minnesota. Then back home to take on the Raiders. A week five bye week. And guys, you know me, I hate an early bye week, especially with a longer regular season, because now you have to run through a what? Four or 12 week gauntlet? Jeez, Louise. Week six, home against Dallas, then on the road for their 
first of two matchups against the Chiefs in Week 7. Uh, week 8 back at home against Chicago, then on the road to take on the Jets in primetime Monday Night Football. Their second Monday Night Football game in four weeks because that Dallas game is also Monday Night Football. Uh, week 10, taking on Detroit at home. Uh, then on the road to Green Bay, back at home against Baltimore. Week 13, on the road against New England. Back at home against Denver, week 14, week 15, in the desert, taking on the Raiders, and then back at home against Buffalo, on the road against Denver, and then wrapping up the season against KC at home. Um, They won 10 last year. I think this is kind of a prove-it year for the Chargers. Prove to me you have your head coach. Prove to me that this is the team you believe can make a deep playoff run and maybe hopefully soon, compete for and contend for a Super Bowl. So with that being said, I feel like a lot of people are high on the Chargers this year. I am as well, and I will set the line at 10.5. Oh, Omar, lead it off. Okay, well, first of all, I feel like the past several years, people have been high on the Chargers every year. After the offseason, it's But this like, is the year, man. This, this is the year. Well, here's the, the key for me to this team. I'm going to go over because I'm going to think optimistically. But the key for them, in my eyes, is getting off to a fast start. If they start slowly and, you know, one of these teams that go two and four, I think that might spell doom for them because I think, like you mentioned, do they have their head coach? I think there will be whispers about Brandon Staley's job security the way last year ended. Now, even the ownership has said he's safe and and their actions have backed that up. I think, you know, the way the two seasons have gone with Staley and and the fourth downs and the going for that, all that, yes, has drawn confidence of the locker room, but it's cost them games. And I don't know if they get off to a slow start. Now you're thinking, okay, maybe Kellen Moore wasn't the answer as offensive coordinator. And who knows what might go wrong. But there's, you know, you've heard all the expressions about, Charger's going to Charger. And if it starts that way, I don't know if this team is good enough or has the moxie to recover from that. That said, I don't think that's going to happen. I think they're going to they're going to they're going to win. They're going to play to their potential. And I, I don't know about a deep playoff run, but they'll get to the playoffs. They'll win 11 games. They'll be better than they were last year. And I think Kellen Moore does unlock uh, something for Justin Herbert and that basketball team of an offense, uh, the receiving core and all that. And they put it together. And um, and we'll finally see Justin Herbert maybe win a game in the playoffs uh, here in year four for him. I like that. I'm taking the over two. And you mentioned Kellen Moore. I love the hiring of Kellen Moore equally as much as I love Joe Lombardi being out of the building. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's pretty key, too. I think Justin Herbert will finally be able to air it out in the way that I've been hoping to see for a long time. I think that offense will look a lot more dynamic, especially with the addition of Quentin Johnson. I think, like you said, Omar, a fast start is key. I also think staying healthy. That's been the Chargers thing for many years. And if they can stay on the field, I love this roster. When you talk about Brandon Staley, I think he started to really put it together, especially in the back half of last season. Situationally, there are things about him that I didn't agree with. I didn't like the handling of Justin Herbert's injury. I also didn't like playing your starters in a meaningless game. And then Mike Williams misses the whole playoffs. Not not that they went very far with that. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I have them around 11 and 6. But yeah, health is such a big issue with this team. They have to keep everybody or as many folks as you can on the field. 
this is a team that um, I think was quiet in the offseason, but made calculated moves that only improved their roster, right? Uh, you know, Quentin Johnson, like you said, Katie, uh, a, a big pickup to that receiving core that could use another playmaker, especially a young playmaker like that. I also like how they retained guys like Morgan Fox and, and they added veterans like Eric Kendricks. And, you know, nice little strategic moves where they just got a little bit better in key spots that maybe they were a little bit weaker than people realized last year. But I look at this schedule, and I ran through it and played the win-loss game just in my head a moment ago, and I came to 10-7. and seven. And I'm conflicted because I think that, you know, the change in offensive coordinator could be worth one more win, could get you to that 11-win mark. But with the line at 10.5, I don't know right now if Kellen Moore is going to be that difference that they need. I would hope so. They're talented enough, but can they stay healthy again? So on the safe side, I'm going under with respect, acknowledgement, and appreciation for all the points that you guys just made but somebody's got to mix it up. <laughs> I'll I, accept it. I, I appreciate that, Nick. And as much as I feel like history is repeating itself with, you know, one Green Bay quarterback going to the Jets and this team kind of feels like those Charger teams I grew up watching with Phillip Rivers. Oh. Always really, really good. Always in the playoffs. Always 10, 11, 12 wins, but they just can't get over the hump katie for your sake i hope that's not true but this just kind of feels like it to me yet again that being said i'll take the over i think they've done just enough i think they've grown a little bit more they lock up justin herbert with that long-term deal i think that this team finds a way to win one more game than it did last year what does that mean for their playoff success i have no idea because this is the chargers and when they go to the playoffs it's flip a coin, hold your breath, say a prayer, because, you know, I, I have no idea they what's going to happen. They might charge her. <laughs> they might charge her. I'm just and, trying to say I'll, politely. But say, yeah, but I'll take the over. For all the heat that Brandon Staley got at the end of last year and, you know, for not winning a game with Brent, with Justin Herbert as his quarterback and everything, I, I feel that he'll have grown from those experiences. And, and I'm glad he's getting an opportunity to try to improve upon his performance and learn from those you know, quote unquote mistakes, even though they don't really acknowledge it that way, because, you know, they, they believe in the system that they had in, in thinking that way. Um, but at the end for us, they're mistakes, you know, like you mentioned, Katie and I having Mike Williams in the, in the playoffs, I think he would have been the difference or a difference in that game. And, and maybe they're up 35, nothing at the end of the first half. And, you know, it was too much <laughs> to come back from but all, but all those little things. I think Nick, you're the one that mentioned it. all these just kind of little decisions that I think can go the other way now, and that adds up to maybe a win or two and, and maybe even postseason success for them. But I do think Staley will grow from this. He'll be a better coach in 2023 and ultimately help the Chargers uh, you know, win more games than they did last year. Yeah, I'm glad that you brought up growth because uh, I thought Brandon Staley was going to lose his job last year after that collapse. I thought, Could look, he's, he's a very analytically aggressive guy. Uh, he comes under fire when that does not work, which, of course, anybody's going to who likes to go for it on fourth down in unconventional ways. But I thought it was growth from ownership because, you know, Sean, you talked about the Philip Rivers and LaDainian Tomlinson Chargers, right? Well, ownership at that time fired Marty Schottenheimer after a 14-2 and two season and replaced him with North Carolina. 14-2! Yeah, because they didn't get over the hump. Yeah, and in instead playoffs, of yeah. doing that, instead of reacting emotionally, yeah. they went with logic. They went with, let's give this guy another chance. Let's get a little bit better. Let's get healthy and give it another go. And maybe that's the difference that they need. And they get to a new height that they haven't seen since those days. We don't know yet, yeah. but it is very intriguing. Got to learn how to manage a play clock better, though, if you're Staley. Yep. Just, just a bit better.
just a bit better. Anyway, isn't that one of the big reasons Anthony Lynn was out the door too? Is he had such an issue with yeah, that? You're right. gotta, yeah, that was gotta part of manage it. that clock. All right, wait before we move Come on, on again here. Uh, we had a comment from one of our most loyal viewers and listeners. Is it Big B? Is My it Big Madden. B? Eagles oh, okay. fan Madden. Are you oh, willing? Okay. Are you willing to go to that point? Are you willing to make that declaration oh, right now, folks? Is anybody Eagles, in here feeling Chargers, risky? Super Bowl. I would love to see it. <laughs> I think Eagles can get back there, but I'm looking at it. I know this is not my formal prediction, but right now I'm leaning Chiefs Eagles again. I think um, because you know I, I guess we're getting off topic for a second with the AFC West talk, but please, by all means, for, for all the people that said, well, if the 49ers had a quarterback, it would have been the same story. The reason those quarterbacks were hurt was because the Eagles pass rush was just relentless and they were coming all day. So whether Purdy was healthy or not, he was going to be under duress in a way that we haven't seen a quarterback at that level, the way the Eagles played all season, setting all those records with the sacks and all that. Now, can they replicate that in 2023? I don't know. But on paper anyway, you know, going forward, I think the Eagles are going to be that much better. Jalen Hurts now has the whole offseason of this confidence of playing that well. He knows he can do it at this point as opposed to thinking he can do it. Um, so anyway, I just think the Eagles are just still that much better than the 49ers until the 49ers prove otherwise because Christian McCaffrey for a whole season now, you know, that might be the difference between, you know, the, the 49ers playing that game in Philly and maybe playing it in Santa Clara this year. And this is an apples to oranges comparison, but I caution against running it back with predictions only because I looked like an idiot last year when I said the Rams were going back to the Super Bowl. So <laughs> then what happened? <laughs> How'd that go? That's where the fail horn goes. <laughs> All right, Sean, what's next? All right, moving on to Las Vegas, because we're just going in the order which they finished last year. Uh, the Raiders finished with uh, six wins last year. A lot of hype. Zero zip. Um, can say that about another team in this division, but we'll get to that in a minute. Uh, so 2023 schedule for the Las Vegas Raiders, which that still seems wrong coming out of my mouth. Like it doesn't, I don't know, Oakland Raiders. It just rolls off the tongue. The Nashville Las White Raiders. Sox. I don't, I don't, I don't. The Tampa Nashville Bay White, White Sox. Sox. What's that? Yeah, <laughs> well, they might, they might move. They're threatening. Oh, wow. Okay. Breaking news. <laughs> yeah, they've, they've tried that old chestnut before. Anyway, back to Sin City. Uh, regular season, week one, on the road against Denver. Week two, on the road against Buffalo. Then they have a matchup against the Steelers in week three. Uh, back at the uh, what are we uh, what are we effectively calling Allegiant uh, Stadium? Does it have a name yet? Uh, is a it nickname? the Death Star? The Death Star I thought is that was, what Mark Davis said, but I thought that, but I thought that was Dallas. It needs that's, a catchy nickname. That's Jerry World. I don't know. Or the Star, that's which is all, they, you know that's yeah, the Death Star. That's amazing. All right, I might I I might go to that Pittsburgh game too, depending on what prices are like for, for a flight out there. We have a lot of black and gold out there. Uh, week four on the road against the Chargers, then back at home for a little Monday night football against the Packers in Week Five. Uh, then they stayed home uh, for a four or five kickoff Week Six against New England. Back on the road for a 1 o'clock kickoff against Chicago in Week 7. Week 8, mon more Monday night football, but this time in the Motor City against the Lions. Uh, week 9 against the Giants at home. And then the Jets come to Sin City for a little Sunday night football. On the road against Miami Week 11. Uh, back at home against KC Week 12. And a Week 13 bye week. As much as I don't love early buys, that is a late 
buy. You know I mean, what, Sean? You can't have everything can't, look, just how you want. Look, I don't want it too hot. I don't want it too cold. Oh, I want just it right. just right. All right, okay? Goldilocks. The Goldilocks all of right, Goldilocks. That's, that's your new nickname. Bye weeks, eight or nine, nine or ten. Or he doesn't want his buy. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> eight, nine, ten, or I don't want it at all. Um, all right, week fourteen back at home against uh, Minnesota. Also home week 15 against uh, the Chargers for a little Thursday night football. Uh, week 16 on the road against KC, 17 on the road against Indy, and then back at home to wrap up the season uh, against the Broncos in week 18. This team, dare I say, was putrid at times last year. They shipped off Derek Carr to uh, New Orleans, and they bring in Jimmy G, who has had a lot of question marks surrounding his health. But you look kind of bad when you ship off, you know, the best quarterback that this franchise has had in two decades for a guy that, well, he might be broken. So you got to you got to see what you have with him anyway. Um, They won six games last year. You have a disgruntled run. They didn't get any better. I I, I don't know, man. I'll, I'll set it at six and a half. I just I don't I don't have any faith in this team. Clearly, I'll set That's it at high. six and a half. Grasping his straws here. I, look, look. I, they were bad last year. I don't think they got any better. They pissed off their running back. They have a broken quarterback. Josh McDaniels might not be a head coach. I, look, just it's six and a half. Omar, please. Uh, I'm gonna go over. And as Sean, just so. Perfectly described the Raiders offseason. I too was in that camp before training camp. I was out there for mini camp uh, in June. Then I was out there in training camp a day, the first day that Jimmy Garoppolo took off. So, you know, he was cleared to start training camp. He practiced for a couple of days and they gave him a rest day as he kind of ramped up, um, you know, back from injury. And they, they looked awful, you know, so fumbled snaps and incomplete throws on air your over prediction is making a lot of sense right yeah now. And, and i'm like <laughs> i'm like this is this is going to be bad because my thought process was well Devonte adams went off last year josh jacobs led the league in rushing and yet they only won six games despite that so even if they replicated josh jacobs going off again in 23 you figure Devonte adams is going to go off again that's no guarantee for wins in the win column so I was just thinking, man, I don't know how this improves uh, for the Raiders. But when Jimmy Garoppolo was at practice the second day that I was there and the way he operated, the command that he had in the huddle, um, of course, everybody talked about behind the scenes, the leadership he was doing, you know, even though he wasn't practicing during OTAs and minicamp and all that, um, just how he led there, uh, watching film, all that. The, the Christmas that he had with his decision-making. Not every throw is perfect. We've seen Jimmy Garoppolo play in this league for a long time now. He doesn't make the best throws all the time, but his decision-making and the Christmas of the offense was there. And it was very noticeable compared to the practices when he wasn't there. And so it looked a lot better. And I will say Aiden O'Connell has shown, you know, some flashes in the preseason. Yeah. And so should Jimmy Garoppolo get hurt? I don't know how much of a drop-off they'd have with Aiden O'Connell, but I think more to the point about Aiden O'Connell's success in the preseason, I think that suggests uh, to me that they have a pretty decent team. It may be guys we haven't heard about. It may be guys we don't have expect expectations for, but a rookie like that doesn't come in and flash uh, in the preseason out of nowhere um, without help, 
you know, from guys. And, and, and it, it kind of goes back, you know, to the days of covering the Patriots. Of course, they had Tom Brady. But I always, I always said they had the best 53. Their, their 53rd guy on the roster, I felt, their 53, 52, 51, was always head and shoulders above everybody else in the league. And you go back to, you know, Bill Belichick kind of being stubborn and, and not wanting to pay big contracts to players and going all out in free agency a lot of the times because a lot of that money went towards enhancing the roster on the back end. And so I think about that with Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels, of course, coming over from New England, perhaps having that philosophy where you may not have heard of, you know, guys 40 through 53, but they're pretty talented and, and the depth is there. And, and you, you guys have seen it year of, you know, granted, this is when Tom Brady was there. And obviously he covered up a lot, but when they would get onto their third string offensive guard, there wouldn't be that much fall off when Amendola was hurt and Julian Edelman is out and Brady has no one to throw to. They would still have guys step up and make plays to win games. So I go back to that with this Raiders analysis that even though they don't on paper seem to improve, they have an unhappy running back, they might be accumulating a pretty deep roster. And so with Jimmy Garoppolo back there commanding the offense, showing that leadership in the huddle on the field, I think they'll be better than the six wins they had last year. I all right, so first of all, I thought you were talking about Tom Brady last year in like the third string backup <laughs> O lineman. I'm like, uh, did you see the Bucks stall last year? But no, 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 now makes yeah. sense. Now makes sense. Um, I'm still going to take the under because I got them right at about six wins. I've got them at three and nine, possibly four and eight, heading into the bye week. So either way, you need to win three of your last five or four of your last five to hit that over and get to seven wins. I just don't see it. There's not a lot of surefired wins on this calendar. Say you split with Denver. Well, you know, you still have the Chiefs twice. You still have the Chargers twice. Okay, maybe you can steal one from the Chargers. Maybe. Uh, but then you've got Miami. You've got the Jets. You've got the Lions. Uh, you've got Green Bay early when they'll probably be at their healthiest. Pittsburgh early when they'll be at their healthiest. Your saving grace is you've got Indy week 17 when they'll be long out of the running as well. Um, there's just not, I, I don't see seven sure-fired wins on this schedule. So I'm going to take the under and say they repeat and win uh, six games again. I have the under, but Omar, you've made me feel more hopeful than I was <laughs> heading into the conversation because I was going to lead out by saying, I think the Raiders could be one of the worst teams in the whole league this year. I don't mind the receivers, but when you've got a guy like Devontae Adams, it's nice to have a quarterback that can really sling it down the field. And I love Jimmy G., that's just not necessarily what I think of when it comes to him. But my big concern with that, because even if he does have a good season, I'm worried about him getting knocked around behind that offensive line. That is a pretty sore spot for me. And when I look at their defense, I love Max Crosby, but he can't do it all. I just see a ton of holes on that defense. And I'm not a fan of Josh McDaniels. I'm just not. I need to see more. Like... I'm not a betting woman, but if I was, I would have bet that he would be the next coach to get fired. Prove does, me wrong, does Josh. Does he give you the ick, as the kids say? I got the ick from him last year. <laughs> yeah. yeah, a little. I did. I just, mm. Great question. I, I, I learned of the term the ick recently with a Netflix stand-up special, and apparently that has just taken off. So uh, thank you, Sean. Oh, was it Jared Freed? Yes, it was. <laughs> <laughs> Women, we've been using the ick for years. We've known what that is forever. <laughs> God, Nick, how many times has that been said about us? 
Uh, I don't know, Sean. I've been out of the game for a long time, so I couldn't tell you. <laughs> those those days are a hazy memory at best. Um, I, I agree with every point that you, each of you made. Um, I thought that was an excellent breakdown by you, Omar, especially. Um, tying it back to the Patriots, which is what I want to kind of zero in on here, because a lot of this Raiders roster has started to look like New England West. And I know it's it's the lazy, easy way to be like, oh, these are Patriots West, but I'm doing it. And I'm doing it, it because... It is. Yeah, like Jacoby Myers is there. Jimmy Garoppolo is there. We could continue to run down Brandon the list. Bolden. Yes. The question is, have they done enough to be better than they were last year? That bar is low. I do kind of actually like what they have on defense, despite what Katie had said, which I don't necessarily disagree with what she said, but... The addition of a guy Real like... Real quick, does the loss of Darren Waller mean nothing? Uh, well, considering the fact that they didn't use him properly last year, it doesn't mean as much to me anymore as it would have, say, two okay. or three years ago. They, he, he was not a focal point in that offense for much of last year. To a frustrating degree, probably to Derek Carr and, and many other players. Devonta Adams racks up a big season and it just goes quietly because they're just a bad team. It was a real yeah. shame. But I like the guys like Jerry Tillery, a defensive tackle. That was a guy that I thought when he played with the Chargers made more of an impact than people gave him credit for. I disagreed with the idea of replacing Yannick Ngakwe with Chandler Jones, but there is that play that they got in the win over the Patriots last year where Chandler Jones, you know, catches the back yeah. of the pass and runs on over Jacoby Myers. Yes, on Jacoby Myers, now his teammate, yeah. right? There's so many parallels <laughs> right. here that I have to think that the Belichick, the Belichick way, the Patriot way, osmosis transferring to the Raiders has to mean something. I just don't know what that means. But in that vein, in that spirit, I'm going to say over because that line's pretty low. The problem is, okay. is we have to sort out this division. And every time I look at it, I'm like, Chargers could be a win better. Chiefs are going to be there. Do the Broncos take a big step with Sean Payton, which we'll get to next? Somebody's got to come in last. This division, its last place team kind of can't be a seven-win team. So I'm conflicted. But I feel like the Patriot way has to make enough of of a move to the West to mean for one more win above that line. And so I'm going to go over. I'm going to cave the Patriot way is dead, dead and buried. (laughs) Well, maybe it died with Tom Brady. In the hills outside of Las Vegas. (laughs) (laughs) One other point about the Raiders too is, you know, one of the frustrating things about their season last year was they had four double digit leads that they blew four. And so if they just win two of those games, now you're talking about eight and nine team. If they win all four of those games, they just hold serve and hold double-digit leads. You know, now you're talking about a 10-win team. Yeah. So I think they weren't necessarily as bad as that record was and as much as like we think about them. It's just because the Raiders have been bad except for two seasons going to the playoffs for so long. we just kind of used to just kind of throwing them away. Oh, the Raiders, you know, suck again. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if, if I, I tend to think – and this is may not be good news if you're a Vikings or a Giants fan, that when you eke out uh, all these wins or you blow leads and you lose by the, the skin of your teeth, um, you know, things find a way of balancing out in the NFL. And I think the, the ball necessarily won't bounce against the Raiders as often as it did last year. Hopefully that means more wins for them, you know, for their fans' sake and, and similarly for the Vikings and Giants who seem like, they were like nine lives last year. It, it doesn't mean the converse for their season in 23. Yeah, you know, it, that was probably the most frustrating aspect of the Raiders season because on paper and, and even on the field for some games. Now, 
second half offense, this is not a part of the discussion because they were pretty bad in the second half, as we just kind of discussed with them blowing leads. But it was frustrating because you knew they were good enough to have more wins than they did, and yet they couldn't finish games. And I wonder if they can change that this year. I felt Derek Carr was unfairly maligned for that, held too much of the responsibility for that, but he's gone. There's no looking back now. So we'll see. Uh, Before we move on to our final team in this AFC West breakdown, uh, we first have to go back to the chat real quick because Omar... A colleague is very excited that you're on the show. Our buddy Kumi. Kumi! What up? With an Omar cameo, and he says, What a treat. It is a treat indeed to have you on the podcast. Thanks well, shout out, shout out Kumi for sending the uh the team schedules of Frags is on vacation and inside baseball here. But uh Kumi's been filling in, sending all those uh, availability notes. Shout out you, Kumi. I appreciate you uh filling in and stepping in uh in that department. Kumi, one of the best. Thanks for watching. Thanks for helping out in the office. Going above and beyond, my man. All right, Sean, let's get to the final team here. All right, the final team, the Denver Broncos. This is probably the most interesting team in this division because they were supposed to light the world on fire. Remember, this was supposed to be, you know, the you know four horse the the four horsemen of the apocalypse division last year. Who was going to beat these teams? And then Two of them turned out to be like as big as paper tigers as you can imagine. So one of those teams was the Denver Broncos. Finished last in the division last year with just five wins. Nathaniel Hackett can't even hack it for a full season. Thank you. I'll be here all week, folks. I'll be here all week. Um, That's like the Jets rookie uh, talent show in Hard Knocks. Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) But you know what? They get Sean Payton. How much is Sean Payton worth coming off the broadcast booth? Um, can he make Russ cook better and not burn his food? The Broncos have a <laughs> lot going fire. for them, right? They, they, thank you. They do look good jokes. on paper. <laughs> but is what we saw last year indicative of what this team is? So with that being said, let's go through the schedule real quick. Week one at home against Las Vegas. Week two at home against Washington. Then on the road for a two-game swing against Miami and Chicago. Week five back at home against the Jets. Week six at KC. Week seven and eight both at home against Green Bay and Kansas City. That's good. You get the Chiefs out of the way early. And then you head into your week nine by week. Week 10 on the road at Buffalo for a little Monday night football. Back home for Sunday night football in week 11 against the Vikings. Back home uh, week 12 as well for a matchup with the Browns. And then a two-game road swing with uh, the Texans and Chargers. Three-game road swing make that. Uh, Week 15 against the Lions as well. Week 16 at home against New England. Week 17 at home against the Chargers. And then wrapping things up like they started the season against the Raiders in the desert. Um, they won five games last year. I find it hard to believe that this team is going to be that bad this year. Like, just so many things went wrong for them last year. Clearly, Nathaniel Hackett wasn't the right guy for the job. Is Sean Payton. So I'm going to set this line very easy. And this is just a simple question you need to ask yourselves. Will the Broncos be a winning team this year or a losing team this year? Eight and a half. I'll set it at eight and a half. <laughs> <laughs> Eight and a half. All right, Sean. Uh, thank you, Mike Tomlin. We appreciate you. Omar, what do you think? I'm going to go over here. Now, Russell Wilson, I, I think, can't be that bad. Like, you don't just win Famous more last games. words, right? You, you, don't, you don't win more games in the history of the NFL in your first 10 seasons other than Peyton Manning um, and then just forget how to play football. I think 
you know, in covering Russell Wilson throughout his career and those last few years in, in Seattle, I know it was important for him, you know, he was talking about legacy and perhaps this goes back to your chief's comments, Nick, about reading press clippings and, you know, all that kind of stuff. Well, Russ, I think wanted to be like Peyton Manning and Joe Montana and be pure pocket passer and put up those big passing numbers to go along with his wins, but put up those dynamic numbers and, you know, chase after Drew Brees and, you know, the, the all-time passing leaders and touchdown leaders and all that, and just lost sight of, of winning the football game a little bit. And I think that got caught up with him last year in a system with a new coach and all that. I, I think that gets thrown out. Uh, Sean Payton resets him. And I'll go back to a minicamp practice that I was at in June where Russell Wilson, and this is stuff I saw for years in Seattle with Tyler Lockett or DK Metcalf or Doug Baldwin. And we've, you've seen it. We've all seen it in games where Russell Wilson has these pinpoint accurate passes in the corner of the end zone and, and AWS does these, you know, improbability uh, catch Amazon web services with Tyler Lockett and whatever. Well, they do that routinely in practice. Russell Wilson's so accurate that they do it over and over again in practice. And what I saw in June in Denver was that signature accuracy once again with Russell Wilson. He was dropping back and everything. And this is, again, on air. So, of course, you would expect completions every time. But every throw, and I was tracking 16 throws, the first 15 were all on the money, in the numbers, or perfectly led so the receiver gets the ball after the catch, whether it was a wheel route out of the backfield, whether it was a deep ball down the field, whether it was a slant, wherever in the route tree that the receiver was running that ball, Russell Wilson put it right on the money. And I think Sean Payton restoring his confidence that he can do that. Obviously, Russell Wilson has talked about losing a little weight to get that mobility back. And I think going back to that point about wanting to be Peyton Manning and, and Joe Montana, I think Russell realizes he has this gift. He has this gift to keep plays alive. And within that Houdini-like magic to be able to fire throws with pinpoint accuracy no matter where he is on the field. And that is his gift. That is his greatness. And I think Sean Payton will tap into that. He'll have him making plays on time, within schedule, within the framework of the offense. But I think they'll unleash that Russell Wilson again where he becomes Houdini and makes those plays, uh, you know, like we've known him for a decade. And I think that'll lead the, the Broncos to, to success because I think the last year the hype machine was because we had talked about for a few years the Broncos having the Super Bowl caliber defense. They just need a quarterback. And so, you know, we thought that was going to be unlocked in 22. Obviously, didn't happen. But this is the year, right? That 23. <laughs> this is the year the Super Bowl caliber defense comes to life with Patrick Sertan and all those guys. But I think um, they will have a winning record. I'll take that eight and a half over. Okay. Um, the one big question I have that wasn't answered in that and this was their biggest issue, in my opinion, last year, timing. Lack of an ability to get the ball out on time. Lack of an ability to get the play out of the huddle to the line and snapped on time. And a lot of that had to do with Russell being overweight, you know, relatively speaking. He played slowly. He looked heavy. He played heavy. If that's fixed. We do not fat shame on this podcast. Just no, to make but that look, this, clear. Is, this is a professional sport, and you got to be at the right level of shape. And he said he put the weight on to endure the hits that he suffered in Seattle. 
But the thing is, is he was with a new team. Like you can't bank on, oh, I'm going to get hit a ton with the Broncos like I did in Seattle. It just doesn't work like that. It's not that simple. But what is pretty simple is if you can't get the ball out on time and you can't get the play in on time, you're not going to have much success. Now you have a change in coaching staff, right? Sean Payton comes in with years of experience, a ring to tout, to show off, polish, show the players, look, I have credibility. Listen to me, follow me, I'll take you to the promised land or whatever it might be. If the promised land is nine wins, follow me, I'll take you there. But we won't know that until they play. And, and you know, since you were there, Omar, I ask you, did they look like they were actually organized and on time, even against air? Did they get the ball out on time or was it just as slow and as disjointed as it was last year? No, yeah, it was, it was clear that, you know, Sean Payton is running the show. And we talked about Russell Wilson and the need for him to be better and all that. And that's all true. But Sean Payton was clearly the man in charge of that organization, of that entire program. Everything within that organization now goes through Sean Payton. And he's in charge of all of it. So I think his fingerprints will be all over that offense, obviously, but the rest of the team. And, and to, to those points, the organizational points, you know, getting in and out of huddle, I don't think we'll see those mistakes that we saw from the Broncos last year. I think one of, that was one of the things that he harped upon was the fact that they did have, you know, 27, 28th in the league and pre-snap penalties and all that. And he said that won't happen this year. You know, that before you can win, you have to learn how to not lose. And that was one of the factors in not losing. So I think that is Sean Payton's focus to clean all that up, obviously to help Russell Wilson and, and get him back to playing Pro Bowl caliber football. But I think, yeah, to answer that question, I think Sean Payton will fix all that. And then the next question is, can he resurrect Russell Wilson to that you know Super Bowl caliber type of quarterback? Okay, in that, in that same spirit, um, I'm, just real quick, I'm going to go over. I'll go over as well. Eight and a half, I'll go over. We'll go at nine. Because, again, somebody's got to finish last. It can be the Raiders. And and now, Katie, what do you say? <laughs> I've changed it between eight and nine and nine and eight so many times leading into this. <laughs> Omar, that is helpful to know about the accuracy because the two things that really stood out to me last year were, like you said, Nick, the timing. And then the accurate, the short yardage accuracy yeah. is what really caught me off guard with Russell Wilson last year. The good thing for Broncos fans is that it can't be much worse than last season. Right. It'll look different with Sean Payton. The combo of Russ and Nathaniel Hackett created one of the most unwatchable offenses we've ever seen. But they did add to the offensive line. Their defense looks solid. I think Russ is a lot more set up. And like you said, if he's hitting those accurate throws, that changes everything for them. If they can sort the timing out, which with Sean Payton should be able to, that changes everything. They do have some great skill players. Having Javante Williams back is big. I like Jerry Judy. I like Cortland Sutton. Tim Patrick is obviously a big loss, but I like their their team. But yeah, last year it was, oh, they're just a quarterback away. And then look what happens. So I could see them being eight and nine, nine and eight, or it could swing way bigger on either direction. I just, I can't figure yes. these Broncos out. No, that's that, that, that a pretty good point. The pendulum can swing so mm -hmm. far with this team, like a repeat of last year, or maybe they are those Super Bowl contenders. We talked about them last year. Who knows? I'm, I think I'm going to go eight and nine. I'm going to go under, but I, I do miss the days of it just being 16 games. So then I could always use the cop out <laughs> of eight and eight. Yeah. I know. We've said that how many times? That's what I would have these, done. These uh, preseason well, previews. We, we exposed so, that Sean couldn't do math at one point by going through that. So, fair point. I feel like I I can't remember a, a time where a you know 
borderline, probably Hall of Fame quarterback, had such a drop off from one year to the next with so much hype around him. So the eternal optimist in me wants to say, well, if he had the worst drop off ever, he can have the best comeback ever. But how many wins is that worth? Is that worth another four wins, another five wins? Yeah, if you get Russell Wilson back to like he was playing in Seattle, yeah, that's worth another four, five, six wins. So with Sean Payton, with Sean that's, Payton, he's yes, such a big yes, like you too. said, Nick, he comes in there, he's flashing off his ring, he's flashing off his NFL investigation, criminal investigation, you know, flashing that all off. Um, <laughs> I'm going. I got to bring up old stuff, Sean. <laughs> that's newer than the ring. Uh, I'm going to go over. I'll go over as well. I think nine and eight's right in their wheelhouse. Possibly 10 wins. That could be a borderline playoff team, but I'll go nine and eight. Part of me wonders like, and I think Omar just debunked this, but I'm just going to throw it out there because it's in my head. Part of me wonders if Sean Payton, you know, he learned that he didn't like TV all that much and would rather coach, but there's also an element where, and I really think about the owner's meeting photo when I think of this, if he's just like, yeah, you know, the country club life sounds pretty good. Like, is this the country? Is this the Mike Ditka in New Orleans? For him, like, who knows? I don't know. I, I doubt it is, but I just get a little bit of a uh, curiosity about whether that might end up being it. All right, that wraps up our AFC West preview featuring none other than the legend, Kumi's favorite, my favorite, Omar Ruiz. Omar, thank you so much for joining us. We appreciate yeah. you. Um, Thanks for having me. That was fun. Be- before we part, uh, any last words? No, just um, I got to join that Netflix uh, series on F1, and then I, next time I'm on, I can uh, I can talk some some uh, car racing with you guys. Yeah, we would love that. That would be a blast. We're gonna get everyone on board that's not on board with F1, and then next time it'll just be a what super this podcast every week. is for. Yes, that's that's gonna be his back. That's how we all got into it. Yeah, all three of us. Yeah, yeah. that wow. the COVID yeah. man. Yeah, and much of America, huh? Yeah, yep. pretty much. Yeah, pretty it's much. Yeah, it's been a whole North American wave. Everyone says we're bastardizing <laughs> F1, but we love it. We, now we have yeah, a race we in are. Miami and Las Vegas. What's to hate about that? Yeah, um, amazing. We, we, I've been to Monaco. That's one of my favorite places to go. And, you know, I know there's a big race there. So an excuse to go back. Yes, absolutely. And cool send city. pictures, please. The family yeah, trip to right. Monaco. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Omar. All right, well, thank, thank you, you so guys. much. Have a great season. Appreciate thank you. Omar, thank okay. you. All right, folks, it's time. If, you, if you've watched this podcast, if you've listened to this podcast, you know. You know what's next. It's time for America's Favorite Game Show. And by America, I mean the people who watch this. And that may not be a lot, but at some day, at some point, someday, it will be a lot. It will be. It's time for... Do you even know? Do you even know? All right, I think I'm in the crosshairs today. So you are. are. For those of you just joining us for the first time, do you even know is America's favorite game where two of our hosts gang up on a third and ask them questions about a sports topic, and they don't know what that topic is because we haven't told them until this very moment. Katie, would you like to tell Nick the topic tonight? Um, <laughs> so I'm so distracted because everybody keeps talking about how it's everyone's favorite, and I'm just sitting here thinking. This is my least favorite segment. She's having like so, Vietnam-style so... <laughs> flashbacks. Like, Fortunate Son is, and Guys, helicopters are playing it. in her memory right Endless now. Endless playings of Fortunate for, Son. For any regular listeners of the show, I'm absolute shit at to even know. So I'm the, when you talk about how it's America's favorite game, I'm like, it's not Canada's. We don't love it up here. <laughs> Katie, it's, 
not your turn tonight. It's not you're okay. You're okay. You are safe. You are safe. This Sorry, is a I'm safe so, space. It's not Nick Canada. is really waking up in the middle tonight. of the night. Katie the ambassador, the Canadian ambassador <laughs> of the Gridiron Podcast. The people of Canada do not like. Do you even know? Eh? We do not like it, eh? Um, so we are doing how how do we classify this? Athletes in commercial advertising. Sports commercials. This is yeah. fun. Sports commercials. Okay, okay. Sports commercials. That's a way cuter way. For the record, can I just say that I hate commercials, generally speaking, and especially ones with Aaron Rodgers and State Farm, which goes on way too long. Um, and that's perfect. Tires out. That's perfect. I'll allow that. Bath bomb guy. That's Patrick Mahomes. All right, let's do this. All right, so I'll start you off, Nick. This is this is going to be an easy one, okay? Uh, back in Super Bowl 14, Mean Joe Green walked off the field and tossed a kid his jersey, spawning that famous phrase, Thanks, Mean Joe. But what does the kid offer Mean Joe in return for said sweaty jersey? He offers a sip of his Coca-Cola. Yes, he does. Nah, ding, ding, ding. There we go, baby. One for one. Let's go. All right. There we go. That was your easy one. Let's yeah. get on to the real Katie? All right, Nick. A guy named Shaquille O'Neal, you may have heard of him, has appeared in numerous commercials over the years. Do you know what was the first commercial he ever starred in in Ooh. his long, illustrious advertising career? Oh, this I is also have a bonus question before we move is this, on. Is it an, I'm going to play along here too. Is it an, like a national? This isn't like some like regional thing for like Orlando no, Furniture this Warehouse. this a big one. Okay, okay. And it gets like good drafted by the magic, and it's like, hi, come on down to the Orlando Mattress Factory where we <laughs> dunk on the competitors' prices, something like that. Come I can... down to Bob's Auto Parts. <laughs> <laughs> Caldwell Muffler. Well, we'll get that muffler sounding right in just a jiff. Um, the answer is shot in the dark, icy hot. No, that was way later. We're talking years before. So... The answer is Reebok, <laughs> and it also featured Bill Russell, Wilt Chamberlain, Bill Walton, and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Oh, great Bonus names. question. Okay. Can you name one of the cereals, other than Wheaties, that features Shaq? There's a number of them. <laughs> he's, he's done everything. <laughs> I mean, really the man's rolling yeah. in the endorsement dough. Um, it, it, can I ask for a hint? Um, I, we don't really have established rules here. Is it a cereal manufactured by a major maker of cereals? Like General Mills? Yes. yes. Uh, it is Kellogg's. It's Kellogg's. Um, Special K. No. First of all, I would have accepted Fruity Pebbles, but the answer is Frosted oh, Flakes. Oh, Tony, he has a box of it. Why do you have a oh. box of that? Hey, Tony. <laughs> They're great. Hey, it's Shaquille O'Neal. I'm here for Frosted Flakes with crispy cinnamon basketballs. With crispy cinnamon basketballs. Get that cinnamon in your breakfast before you get dunked Isn't on. That beautiful? Are we sure that Big wasn't Aristotle. just a only in Canada type thing? Um, I don't think so. You no, know, I I am ashamed because I pride myself on cereal like Jerry Seinfeld does. Although I haven't eaten it in a long time. Big cereal aficionado, or at least um big fan back in the day. So to not pull that out, uh, that, that's a tough one for us. All right, let's move on to question three. I'm not mad. I'm just super disappointed. disappointed. Yeah, I know. No, my face is turning red again. All right, Nick. Final question here. Uh, back in 1997, there was a very famous Nike commercial featuring Sammy Sosa and Mark McGuire. And in that commercial, they coined the phrase, 
chicks dig the long ball. But they weren't the only baseball players in that commercial. What two, Nick, do you even know? What two pitchers were featured in Chicks Dig the Long Ball? Randy Johnson. Is that right? No. Oh God! You gotta give me. You gotta give me answers of two. Like a hand. Like can't just go. Okay, so this is like ninety-eight, ninety-nine. Yeah. I don't think they would have Pedro Martinez in that commercial. Oh God! Uh, Roger Clemens and Armando Benitez. I don't know. Uh, no, wrong on all accounts. Uh, the answers were Greg Maddox and Tom Glavin. Oh, that's because I reject everything Braves because of what they did to my yeah, the Cleveland yeah, Indians no, in 1995. Okay. No, I, yeah, I, I that's that, yeah. I pushed that out of my brain. Anything Maddox, Glavin, or Smoltz related? They were, they were. I think they were like lifting weights in the commercial. While all they needed was to inject some steroids. You know, lanky pitchers lifting run. weights. One of them wears glasses. All right. All right. I feel like I, I feel like we gave Nick an easy one. We, I mean, I feel like we didn't take you know, it too didn't hard get... on Katie last week. What even was yeah, the topic an, last week? I'm just an idiot, Sports guys. Movie it's trivia. Sports, movie <laughs> Sports movies. We have yeah. a chime in from the chat. Uh, this is Madden saying in relation to Shaq's cinnamon basketballs, frosted flakes. Better question is why do you not have a box of that? Thank you. Thank you. How old is that box? We don't have to talk about it. I have it. I have it. <laughs> I have it now. Wait, just what is the expiration date on that box? Find it right now. I want to know the expiration date. 2006. I know that it's not this year. There's a reason it's not open because I think when I bought it, it was maybe expired already. But now this is just for like purposes to have in my home, which I didn't ever think I'd need for the podcast. But I'm happy that I happen to have this. Um, oh, March 18th, 2022. Oh. Apocalypse, I'd still be fine to eat these yeah. frosted flakes yeah. corn with crispy cinnamon basketballs. Bonus round of, do you even know? Katie, will you even eat that? Uh, yeah, but I'm a bit of a dirtbag. I'll eat, <laughs> I'll eat most things. I have a gutter palate. <laughs> and no regard for expired Me dates. too. Me too. Well, at least you're honest about it. All right, that wraps another round. We're in a safe space. We're among friends. Less than fruitful edition of. Do you even know? All right, let's move on, folks. We're moving on. Shifting gears. Summer breaks over. We're already an hour dun, into the dun, podcast. That's not going to be forever. But thank God, F1's back. F1's baby. back, it's baby. Back. It's back. We are so back. F1 came back we before I got back. my tooth back. Look at that. Um, where are we but going, Nick folks? doesn't have his tooth back. No, I do not. Where are we going? Zandvoort. <clears throat> We're going Dutch. <laughs> where are we going? Dutch. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Think about all the answers. Netherlands. Zandvoort. Gay's like, Dutch. Dutch. Wooden clogs and cans of paint. Dutch. We're going Dutch on this race. We are going to Zandvoort. Um, well, Max Verstappen's home race, technically. I mean, Red Bull Ring is Red Bull's home race, so he kind of gets two of them. Um, where the F1 season resumes after a month off. We broke down the summer breaks, but what we did not break down is Zandvoort's crackdown on flares. How do we feel about that? Um, do we think it's actually going to work? <laughs> no, the dead air was great. <laughs> do we Do we think it's going to work? I, I mean, I no, people are no. Work. It's not going to work. There's going to be orange flares. There are going to be orange flares. Uh, famous for 
the Orange Army, the smoke, the flares. Zandvoort's a crazy part of the atmosphere at the beach along the Dutch coast, I think. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, it's, it's going to be it's going to be the same as it was. The, the FIA and F1 like to do this where it's just kind of like, oh, you can't do this. You know, you can't do that. It's like, OK, well, we're gonna. Yeah. Yeah. Lewis, I mean. you can't wear your earrings anymore. Why? It's a safety hazard. How? It just is. Okay, well, I'm gonna. <laughs> you can't As you stop should. Me. What you a ridiculous can't. rule. You can't stop me. All right. Well, I'm glad we had a really heated discussion on that. Um, yeah. <laughs> no, I, right. people do what they want. I throw they, a wild card at you. you want. Yeah. You know. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's preview this real quick. I mean, we know the situation in F1 right now. Red Bull dominating. Max Verstappen dominating. McLaren threatening not for first but to make things interesting i thought it was interesting sean another thing that's not on the agenda but i did see it today and it crossed my mind zach brown went on record recently as saying that they finally closed all the gaps in their developmental process and it's not going to be visible this year necessarily but by january they should be a title contending team sean is a mclaren fan Mm. does this just really fire you up I feel like anytime Zach Brown talks, um, I'm wishing he wouldn't because as much of a McLaren fan as I am, there's some times where it's like, Zach, just stop it. Just stop it. He's a salesman. He really is. And he's a good salesman, too. You look at the companies that have attached themselves to McLaren. I mean, this team is flush with cash, which it was not when he took over. Uh, But at the same time, man, don't 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 sell us, you know false goods here don't be a snake oil salesman if you if you're saying that you better mean it don't give us hope don't give me hope man do you know uh it's the hope that kills you do you know what zach is in f1 he is the ad or school president at a high school or collegiate level that is brought in to raise funds and then schedules you against alabama without realizing the competitive imbalance that's you know exists there and it's just like good luck like, like he's, that, a, he, he's a Mac athletic fun. director. Yes, exactly. Like he, uh, yeah. no, no names, please. But we know who we're talking about here. Who has done that mm. in the past? <laughs> it's just like as Katie puts on her lip gloss. You know, she's got to touch it up. <laughs> Don't have to broadcast my back, that. I know, but it just <laughs> it, it, was, it illustrated how it was just like, yeah, Nick, you don't have a tooth. I know. I don't think you have room to talk. Yeah, let's get into aesthetics right now. <laughs> I only mentioned that because this this discussion, much like the other topic that I just threw off the cuff, not great. But anyway, let's go to let's go to Dutch. Let's talk about this. Let's go, let's, let's go to Dutch. Oh, that's the title of the podcast. Let's go to Dutch. Do we expect anything different? Like, do we just go straight to podium predictions here? Yeah, yeah. let's go to podium predictions. Do. do we want to go like everyone does their three, then everyone does their two, switch it up a little bit rather than every person goes three, two, one? Sure. I mean, this is things that are discussed sure. in the pre-production meeting, but let's let them all inside baseball behind the curtain. Just do it here. Why not? Let's go. All right, Sean, you start. Oh, I was afraid you were going to say that. In P3, What's your idea? I've got uh, <laughs> whatever, man, whatever. In P- do you want to know or not? In P3, I've got Lewis <laughs> yes. Hamilton, Sir Lewis. On the podium in P3. He got a pole in Hungary. Um, and Mercedes is looking pretty decent, especially towards the end of races when it's light, has low fuel. And honestly, you look at what Lewis is doing this year. He's, I dare I say, kind of putting George Russell in his place, saying this is still my team, youngin. 
waste your turn. Uh, yeah, I'll take Lewis P3. Katie? I have Oscar Piastri. No, that was Yay! fine. Yay! That was fine. I was hoping someone would. I mm, want mm, him on mm. the podium. I want him on the podium. I do too. And because he has that like pretend sprint podium, but it's not actually a podium at all. And it's just such a tease. So I th- I don't think Oscar he's ever actually driven at Dutch. But he has never <laughs> driven at Dutch. <laughs> But I think this could be it. Kentucky Duncan. <laughs> I didn't even sign up to be a co-host. Kentucky Duncan. <laughs> I, I quit the podcast. <laughs> I think I tried to quit it last week too. After I sucked so bad, it didn't even know. Katie, I quit it again. Katie, you've You're tried to quit David so many the times. Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Nick, your P3. Uh, it, it was also Oscar Piastri. And the reason is, is uh, that sprint, you know, pole that he got, right? That, uh, what did that happen? That happened in the rain, right? What's it supposed to do? Uh, with- yeah, that, yeah, that happened. Spot. Uh, what's it supposed to do in Dutch? Rain. You know rain. what they say about Dutch rain? <laughs> it clip clops all the way down from the clouds to the ground. Oscar Piastri is going to clip clop his way all the way to P3. Clip clop? Yeah, that's the that's the sound of uh, sound wooden, of wooden, wooden clogs. Yeah, no, yeah, sure. Just gonna somewhere out there, there is a picture of Max Verstappen wearing wooden shoes, and I need that picture. That's right next to Valtteri Bottas's latest photo shoot in the nude. No, we got no news from Valtteri over uh, this summer break, but we did get him mountain biking in Colorado in a full Duff Man uh, costume. Duff Man. Oh hell yeah, that was <laughs> that awesome. Was so great. Um, all right, P two. I'm going. Lando Monday to Friday Norris. It's I've heard Friday, a lot of then it's Saturday it's Sunday. Saturday, what Sunday? What? Ah, it's Friday then it's Saturday Sunday Dutch. Um, <laughs> I feel like a lot of. <laughs> I wonder if this is as funny to the viewers and listeners as it is. I don't know. Not. I don't care at this point. <laughs> I feel like a, I've heard a lot of pundits say McLaren isn't going to do as well at Zandvoort as they did in uh, Britain and in Hungary just because this track it doesn't really suit them it's it has some slow corners as well it has some tricky corners which McLaren isn't good at that's the old McLaren you can throw away that you know narrative of this car because look at what they did in Britain that's a fast track and they were two cars in the top five then they went the complete opposite route went to Hungary which is Monaco without the walls and they got two top fives again the only hiccup was at Spa right before the summer break. And that was because, like you said, Nick, they had a great first two days. Oscar and Lando were there in the top five for qualifying the sprint race. It was really only Oscar, you know, getting clipped by Carlos in the race, in which he was running in the top three at the time and turn, what was that, two or three, uh, and getting taken out of the race that ended his day. And then Lando was on the wrong strategy and with the wrong settings on the car and somehow still managed to P7. That McLaren car is good. They kind of messed it up at Spa. But again, that narrative of, oh, they're only good at fast corner circuits. I don't think it applies anymore. So, yeah, give me Lando Norris P2. Katie. I like it. Never P2 for you. P2, I have Sir Lewis Hamilton. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's just been looking really good this season. They, he's man, only man. getting Four. better. Ten. <laughs> um, I think he. I think he has points in every race. 
Let me double check that. I I'm pretty certain. He I think he's also been top seven in every race too. Like he is not. Had he's just looking bad, on for yeah. Mercedes is looking back, not fully Red Bull back, but Mercedes looks back. Wait, I'm just what? Did we can he, go over that did, later. Did he we'll, finish in we'll points in Austria? That was the that was the race he was complaining the whole time. Yeah, he still did. Yeah. Oh, all right. Well, no fact checking here on the Gridiron Podcast. <laughs> Vibes only. Yeah, Guys, we are on the radio Vibes. slash media outlets. Why would we lie? <laughs> <laughs> Facts. What are those? Um, I'm going to go. I wrestled with this because I wanted to go Lewis too, but I don't want to go, you know, one for one with Katie. We can have identical podiums. No. I love that for us. I mean, I do too. You know, it's camaraderie and everything, but I'm going to be different. Damn it. Checo Perez. That's right. even less exciting than Lewis Hamilton, but uh, I like and, how we're, like Katie and I are discounting like the, the fastest car on the track yeah, just because it's yeah. driven by Sergio Perez. Right, which oh, dude, yeah. Ch- Checo has been flamed by a lot of people during the break. Oh, if uh, if somebody else like I can't even remember who they said. I think they might have said Oscar Piastri or a number of other different drivers were driving that uh, that it would be a, a better car. And then there's the the flip side where. You could put like a random driver in Max's car and it would be a better car. Like there's there's just like all this comparison of like car versus driver. And they're like, oh, you put somebody else in Max's car and it's not even a top five car right now. So like they're giving him respect. But uh, let's give Checo some respect. Why not? That's fine. We can do it. We all know what P1 uh, is, right? Do we even need to do this? Can yeah. we all just say Max? Right. Oscar, Everybody's Oscar tired. One, <laughs> one, two, two. three. Max Joe Guanyu. <laughs> Max first up and yeah. Max, 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 super Max. Let's uh, get into our bold predictions. No, Those are a little spicier right. than our P1. I did not prepare for this. Uh, hey, Sean, yeah, I'll go. Uh, I see my bold prediction, Nick, kind of lends to what you were saying earlier. I believe that an orange flare will at some point cause a delay. <laughs> Might be a yellow flag, might be a red flag, might be something, but an orange flare will cause some kind of disturbance this weekend. Mm. I've also heard word of potential protesters like last season at Silverstone. No, that worked out well. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, I don't want to get into that. No. Um, my bold prediction. So here on the Gridiron podcast, if you're new, we have talked in the past about... Does Lance Stroll have that dog in him? Ooh. Especially if you oh, destroyed yeah. him so- in the last episode. Okay, let me be clear Update, about that. He doesn't. Well, okay, that was our most viewed video of all time. That. Just by the puppy way. dog. So <laughs> keeping Just for clarity for our listeners, I am a fan of Lance Stroll. I'm just not a fan of Lawrence Stroll. That's a dig at Lawrence, not at Lance. I'm a big Lance guy. Just I wish Lawrence would love his son as much as I do. <laughs> we don't have to get into that again. Anyways, oh, my Canada. bold prediction is that Lance Stroll will have a dog rating of 7 out of 10 or higher this weekend. Oh, oh I think we have to start handing I think he's going to just do he's going to do something. He's going to I don't know what it's going to be and what form it'll take. The bar is low. But I think he might have a bit of that dog in him this weekend because we haven't seen we haven't seen it in a while, have we? Does Duh. does does the Dutch have a like a national dog breed? I mean, you got the German Shepherd, you got the Belgian Malinois, you got the Finnish Lapland, English Bullhound, French Poodle. What's what's Holland got? Uh, I'm blown away that you can name all these off the top of your head. <laughs> Me too. How do you know so many dog nationalities? John Barry Kane. I, mean, I have one of them. 
Yeah, the I most also do, one. but I only know like three. Like the German Shepherd. Yeah. Uh, some might I like say, dogs. What, what the <laughs> hell, guys? I think we figured that out. Some might say that the uh, the bone is low, not the bar, but the bone. <laughs> Dad jokes uh-huh. number three on this episode. <laughs> Hitty, you look intrigued. What's going on here? Oh, there's something. A Dutch shepherd. Oh. Oh, and a it? Dutch spaniel. Those are two different dogs. Just doing a quick uh, ask Jeeves over here. <laughs> I don't know why that's funny to me, but it is. <laughs> It's 1998. We're here to figure out some things. We don't have encyclopedias at our home because our parents aren't asking a pretend butler on the internet to Google something for us. I'm asking my digital butler one moment. (laughs) Well, if you didn't learn enough about football and Formula One on this podcast, you certainly learned something about dogs. Um, My bold prediction is that we're going to have a massive crash in turn one. And multiple cars are going to the gravel trap a la Hungary from... Last year, now is this turn one, lap one, or just turn one in general? Turn one, lap one, baby. Somebody's going to full okay, turn one, lap one. I like it. And it might be Daniel Ricardo because he gets hit in the back by somebody else, like the last crash we had. George Russell. If it's happening, we just know George Russell isn't going to be involved. That's fun. That's fun right there. There's it's raining. Oh, it's sweat my visor. No, it actually is raining. I and I've crashed. George Russell. Such a great radio message. All right, here's the oh, last God. segment of the day. Let's get this done. I'm not starting off, Katie. Ugh, my K, my hate. Um, last week you guys were really hard on me because I said I was in my mountain biking era. No, 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 and no. You let's, said, let's let's get this. No, 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 I don't no, no, no. care I about the era thing. That was Sean. I was piling on with something else. So, I just want to point out that is not a Taylor Swift thing. People use it now as such with the Eras Tour, but that phrase has existed for years, for ages. I don't know if y'all have seen RuPaul's Drag Race. No, but I. But it's been said on their. Ma- That's one of my favorite shows. I, I don't know what a drag race is. I, I do like the way you said drag. You never heard of RuPaul's Drag Race? Drag Race, yes. Drag. drag. I quit. Drag. I quit right now. And it was in that <laughs> moment when they lost a co host permanently. <laughs> Well, this is my last episode of the Gridiron Podcast, so I hate that. Bully me. Make fun of my tooth more. (laughs) Anyways, that was my hate, is I just wanted to push back on that a bit, because you were saying you don't like that Taylor Swift folks say that. It has existed for ages. So I just want to disconnect it, because I like Taylor Swift, but I don't identify as a Swifty, so I just wanted to put that on the record. Um, In that that same spirit... um... Is the version of I'm him for Katie, um, I'm her, or she's her? She's, which that is a lot more palatable to me. I don't like he's him either, but when it's her, because I support women so much, I find myself being like, yeah, absolutely. And like, we have like <laughs> himmy neutron, but like, what's the her version? Yeah. Like, I, I well, because her, hurry doesn't sound great. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to make this up. Oh. But like when somebody refers to Asia Wilson and says she's her, I'm like, oh hell yeah, she is. Oh, I mean, man. she dropped fifty three the other night. Yeah, she exactly. is exactly. Look at Hertrude Stein, the queen. Hertrude Stein, Hertrude Stein, mm. like Gertrude Stein. I don't know. I'm just grasping at straws here. Um. All right. Anyways, that's my hate. Okay, Sean. My hate. Uh, my hate is you guys ever request like uh, a ride share, like an Uber or a Lyft, and 
it takes you forever and you can see them on the map you can see that they are like within a mile of your house and there's a bunch of them but none of them accept your ride have you ever had that problem yeah <laughs> i have a funny story about that after it's really quick oh okay, yes i sure. have had that problem. then i'll be quick then i'll be quick uh yeah that <laughs> happened to me the other night and it was just super annoying and it culminated into the because i was trying to get from tampa to st pete it's a 20 minute drive okay from where i live to downtown st pete it's usually a 20 to $25 Uber, which I was getting a ride back anyway, so I didn't mind paying it. But, And I live across the street from the airport. So there are so many Ubers in my area. I've never had trouble getting an Uber to St. Pete. But last weekend, for some reason, I was having so much trouble until finally a benevolent Uber driver picked me up or, or accepted the ride. And as she turned onto my street and was within 200 feet of my front door, canceled the ride. The audacity. 15 minutes later, someone else accepted my ride and then canceled it. And then by the time I finally got a ride, like fares had increased by like $10. And actually, I spent a very nice 25 minute uh, Uber ride down to St. Pete talking to a Cowboys fan about fantasy football. So it was actually very nice. Mm. Uh, so Is I guess that, that would be my love. Just random, <laughs> random, random, uh, you know, conversations with strangers. They're just like, oh, that kind of made my day. So I guess I did my hate and my love all in one sentence. Yeah, you knocked it all out. Katie, what's your story? So when I lived in Nashville, at the end of my street, I lived in Inglewood, there was a Sonic and I requested an Uber and I see it going on the map and then it pulls into the Sonic and I see him waiting there for like 10 minutes and I message him and I'm like, hey man, looks like you're in the area. What's going on? He's like, oh, I'm stuck in traffic. No, you're not. I can me. see you. He goes to pick me up and he's got his bag of Sonic. Oh! And I was like, man, I know that you just went to Sonic and he lied to me. And I'm like, okay, I guess I'll just drop this. But his order took a while and I could see him just sitting there right at the end of my street. Like I thought about just walking up to the car being like, hey, can I get in? Katie, here's the most important part of that entire story. What are we eating? What rating did you give that driver? I probably still gave him a five. Because that takes guts to blatantly lie to you, knowing that they, they have can, your Hey, location. they can rate you too. I know, but I, like mine's I, almost a five, and I just feel like I don't want people's jobs to depend on me being bitchy about it like i'm i'm always on team worker over team corporation so my my gut is always like oh fine i'll just give you a five even when you do shit like that. i i i looked at my rating too because i'm like oh crap did like something happen did i say something like did i do something where like my rating has dropped no i'm still like a 4.97 i'm like why don't you pick me up then <laughs> why aren't you old star student i'm looking at my rating right now um uh let's get i'm gonna do my hate real quick um Impatient drivers. I hate impatient drivers. And oh, I didn't give this guy a, a rating last time. Five stars. I'm an driver. impatient driver. Um, I, I'm also an impatient driver. I was going to take my dad to the hospital today, and he was driving this morning, and I wasn't driving the quickest. And people are laying on the horn at like seven thirty in the morning. Look, it's not my fault that you got up late and you're running late to work. That's on you, not me. Patience. One guy pulled around him on the double yellow, and somebody else is laying on the horn. So I told him, I was like, they're beeping at you. I was like, floor it on this on-ramp. And he floored it, which was great, satisfying. And then I had people making a stink at me when I was driving him back after we were all done. And I was like, it's five o'clock. Get over it. Relax. This light's not going to change any quicker because you laid on the horn. Stop being so impatient, folks. Katie, we need your love. 
Um, I'll make this quick because we're already like three and a half hours in. My love is that F1 is back. That's it. I'm just, I love race week. I love knowing what I'm doing on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. I love my Sunday race routine. We're so back, baby. I have a love that I think we can all appreciate. Last week, Katie's hammer drop knockout blow to Lance Stroll picked up the most views in the history of our still very young YouTube page. It got us new viewers, new subscribers. And tonight, I think we hit an all-time high for the most people that watch the show at once. Now, tip of the cap, shout out to the Around the NFL Twitter account for retweeting us and ex ex increasing the exposure of the podcast. Uh, but I appreciate all of you, and I love that all of you were in here. And that's a mm. shout out to the people whose comments didn't even make it in the show. Like you, Chachi, we out there in New Zealand. You know I appreciate you. Uh, I saw your comments about the Broncos. I think Omar probably summarized everything you were worried about. If you didn't hear it, go back and listen to it when this is posted later on Spotify or on YouTube and Twitch. And also shout out to um, Bill's running back, Darrington Evans, who popped into the show tonight as well to watch. Thank you for your support as well. If you want to follow one of the top streamers in the professional sports side of streaming, it is that guy right there. He is phenomenal at what he does. He's truly talented at it, and we appreciate his support as well. It's at It's Live, I-T-Z. L-I-V and three E's. Follow him right now. Check him out. And good luck this season. And thank you to everybody who comes in and watches the show. I love all of you. Sean, how we do we love yeah. all of you. Yeah. How do we wrap the show up, Sean? Uh, well, since it's been an hour and 25 minutes, that's Nick Shook. That's Katie Caldwell. I'm Sean Barry. And as always, from all of us here at the Gridiron Podcast, guys, live life in the fast lane. And remember to stay Dutch. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no. <laughs> 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 <laughs>